welcome to Guys Being Dudes Radio. I'm your host, Tex Mex. Today, myself and coach talk about Winning Time and Doctor Strange 2, all on this week's episode. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Tex Mex, here with Coach, as usual. Yo. I I know we both saw Doctor Strange. Yes, we did. Both feel the same way about it, but yep. before we get too uh, much into that, did you want to talk about uh, winning time? So, less about winning time and more on just biopics on the whole, I guess. Okay. I don't know anything about basketball. Tell me what winning time is. <clears throat> So, Winning Time is actually, I love the name because it's really funny. So, the 80s Lakers, which is, you know, one of the best dynasties in NBA history, the 80s Lakers and 80s Celtics, their rivalry was pretty epic. Um, really, really interesting story. Uh, Match Johnson, Kareem Abdul Jabbar. And it's, you know, how they came to be. Um, but they're actually they were called the Showtime Lakers. Okay. But since the show's on HBO, they didn't want to call it the Showtime, so they called it Winning Time. Fair enough. <laughs> Which is quite funny to me. But anyway, so it's you know it's about the '80s Lakers, and in particular, mainly about Magic Johnson and uh, the owner Jerry Buss, and how they created one of the best franchises in the NBA. So cool story. One of those things where honestly, realities cooler than fiction in a lot of cases and i'm not gonna sit here and pretend i know everything about the 80s lakers i don't i know a lot more about the 80s celtics than i do the 80s lakers because i'm a celtics fan but i do know a decent amount about like kareem abdul jabbar and a little bit about magic and all of that so this is the first time i'm ever watching a biopic of some sort that i actually know something about the characters right and the history of it. And it made me realize just how disingenuous biopics are. Okay. Like, I've never, never like experienced this. Cause so I think directors, I think is Adam McKay or whatever. Isn't the guy that did the big short? Yeah. He's a, um, he's done a bunch of stuff, but yeah. Yeah. I feel like anything I've watched from him since he's just trying to recreate the magic he found in the big short and he hasn't been able to do it yet. Um, now, overall, I think Winning Time's a solid show. It's enjoyable. I don't think it's like right now a bunch of sports bros are all over it. They're like, oh, it's the greatest thing ever, blah, 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 blah. It's fine. It's not that great. It's honestly a little boring at times, but. Um, but yeah, it feels like he's like just trying to remake the big short and where. I feel like the big short, you could take more liberties with that because the main character of the big short was the housing crisis. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, there's characters interacting with the housing crisis and how they use that to explain it. But it's less, probably a little bit less about the characters as much as it is talking about how different people exploited it and how it came to be. Whereas now Winning Time is actually about these characters. It's about Magic Johnson. It's about Jerry Buss. It's about, about Pat Riley. Like those, those are the main people. And I just feel like in a biopic, you have to condense these interesting, complicated people 
to just basically be caricatures of themselves. And I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I'll, a few examples, like, uh, so from what I understand, actually, so I did actually look up an article talking about, you know, fact versus fiction, the show knows because I was curious because there's, there's people out there that know a lot more than I do. It sounds like they actually, they did a solid job on Jerry Buss, the owner. And like, I'm sure that they're playing up how much of a playboy he was and this and that. So, but, you know, that that's entertainment. I get that. And they've also, they've condensed so much of the history as well. Like, they're talking about, like, the financial troubles he was in owning the team and blah, blah, blah. And reading the article, I was like, found out, like, no, most of those financial troubles actually happened later in the dynasty, not at the beginning of the dynasty. So they've, like, compressed five years of Lakers history into one year just to create the drama of the show. Um, one thing that bothers me, actually, is his daughter. I can't, can't remember her name. Um... But she comes to work for him. Now, in the show, like, she does it right away. She, like, at 17 years old, she comes to work for her father. And she's trying to find her way in a man's world, right? Classic story. Yeah. But I actually found out this about Kareem. Is Kareem actually knows her pretty well. And it was like, it's the show's really disingenuous. She's not some just dumb bimbo that came to learn, you know, work for her father and... Like, before this, she had gotten her business degree at USC. She was a head management person for the World Tennis Organization and then worked for the Lakers after a couple years and was, like, instrumental in a lot of the things of helping develop what the Lakers became in their entertainment. So it's like, she's actually a pretty cool, amazing person. Like, why didn't we tell that story? <laughs> <laughs> it would have been better. And especially in a world, especially a show that is a lot about men, obviously. It's about professional basketball in the 80s. I, like, I'd imagine a lot of these people are still alive as well. I mean, Pretty much all the, of them are. Yeah, maybe not the older, older people, but this is only 40 years ago. Yeah. Like, I'm not sure if Bus is still alive, but I know, I think Bus might be dead. I'd have to look that up, but... I would assume any owner is is or, or manager is dead or closer to dead than like the actual players. Yeah, but the players and the coach and the um, GM are all still alive, I believe. So it's like that that bothered me in a show full of men. Is like here you have a pretty interesting female character that you could tell a good story with, and you just kind of threw that out the window, which you know bothers me a little bit. Just in Classic terms of isn't of always sunny. <laughs> <laughs> um. And then, so, Jerry West is the big one. So, for those of you listening that don't know, Jerry West was the coach of the Lakers previous to Magic Johnson getting there. He is actually the logo of the NBA. You know, the white silhouette dude playing basketball? That is actually him. I know that was a dude. Yep. Um, but, so... Figured it was like a Vitruvian man thing, which nope. honestly, that could be a dude too. And I wouldn't know. It probably wasn't. <laughs> he, that was the one who dug up a bunch of corpses to make that, right? So it's probably a dude too, but. Probably. A dude lost the time. <laughs> but yeah, so like, you know, creating a caricature of a yeah. person. He, uh, Jerry West is interesting dude. And actually very recently 
he's been very outspoken about his battle with depression most of his life, including during his his career with the Lakers as a player, coach, and then later GM. Right. And instead of like talking about that story, they've just they've reduced him to just being generic angry man, breaking golf clubs, throwing trophies out windows. And everyone that knows him is like, that didn't happen. None of that happened. He's actually an amazing person. He's, you know, yeah, he yelled every once in a while, but it meant something when he did it because he's such a forefront person of the NBA. Like, so... Yes, like so. Here again, you have a pretty interesting, in-depth person, and instead of like getting into how his mental health affected him, him, and why he decided to leave coaching to become the GM instead, nope, just he's just an angry guy. That's all he is. He's just angry. <laughs> um, they, the characters are well. It's that. It's their characters, right? They're they're two-dimensional, is what yep. you're kind of pushing toward. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I can see that. It's just like. Uh, I think it's something you don't notice in movies as much with, with like side characters or not like your protagonist through like five most important characters. Those are usually written as in good movies, you know, or shows as like fully, you know, fledged out three dimensional characters. But I could see that in a biopic like it becoming very apparent <laughs> yeah over over the course of episodes and episodes you know yeah and to preface this i haven't actually watched all of it yet i'm think i'm, mo- I'm three quarters of the way through the season or something close to there they bring all the character development in the back end you, you don't even know <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe now like the magic johnson stuff they they've played some stuff up a little bit i don't know too too much about it and like what's true what's not true I know there's one scene at a party where he gets his butt kicked at basketball. That I know that never happened. Um, You're saying he doesn't have a an inverse or a, a prince beating uh, <laughs> the Murphy brothers at basketball story <laughs> at a random party? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know what Prince is up to. <laughs> really, um, he was really good at basketball. <laughs> That's surprising. Um, but yeah, so it's like they, they've made Magic Johnson because the, the show actually opens with him getting his HIV diagnosis. Magic and then they, then they flash for, back like 12 years or whatever. Famous for beating HIV. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, honestly. He was like the first real case. It was a death sentence back then, and he was like a f- foremost case of like, hey, look, you can actually survive this shit. It's also not contagious, but just by sneezing on you. <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh... That's a whole um, other other fucking dark part of America and <laughs> history. Yeah, <laughs> there's some interesting things about uh, his AIDS diagnosis or HIV diagnosis and stuff I could get into, but but so it's like they've so the, they boiled him down to just being, you know, Mister Sex Fiend, great at basketball, right, and right, things right. like that. He he's more fleshed out than most, obviously, because he is the main main character, Didn't but it's he- still like. You know, you're definitely playing up this stuff. Now, he did have a shit ton of sex. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> we cannot understate how much sex this man had. Um, <laughs> you really can't. <laughs> they, they, they did the same thing as the Queen movie, right? Doesn't the Queen movie start at the end or whatever? Like with <laughs> Yeah, that sounds right, yeah. <laughs> it's been a minute. That, I mean, that's. I think the Queen movie is probably <laughs> the recent example of a biopic. Um 
where the characters feel that they feel like characters. Um, yeah, but even if you know anything about Queen, that Queen documentary is very disingenuous about a lot of shit. Yeah, though. yeah. Like the whole the whole breaking up of the band. That didn't happen. Like, they had just been touring for freaking 10, 12 years. They just wanted a break. And Freddie wanted to go do some solo stuff. And they were more than happy to let him go do it because they just didn't feel like touring anymore and making more music. Yeah. So it wasn't like this big falling out with each other. They just wanted to take a little break from each other. They had every intention of getting back together once everyone kind of got cut, caught their breath a little bit. But then Freddie died. And they're still a band today. Like, Yeah. Uh, they also like, you know, the, for, for ratings reasons, like whitewashed a bunch of like <laughs> the, the partying stories and stuff. And like, you know, just, they, they don't feel like it feels like shorthand. I don't know how yeah. to explain it. And you uh, know, and some of it has to be, you're never going to condense years yeah. and years and years of history into a two hour movie without shorthanding some of it, but yeah. No. It's just more apparent. I don't know. Yeah. And so, last point, and then we can talk about Doctor Strange, is just like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and you've heard me talk about him a lot in the past. I've done it on this podcast. He is an amazing person. Like, you know, civil rights activist, philanthropist, um, incredibly well-spoken. Kung Fu actor in Tower of Death, I think, is the <laughs> Yeah, yeah, his Bruce Lee movie. He's also an amazing pilot, pilot named Roger Murdoch. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so one thing that Kareem is known for, other than airplane, other than airplane, yeah, and being the you know the best center potentially ever, um, depending on whether you vote him or Shaq. But either way, one of the best players in the history of the game. Yeah. Um. Now, one thing he's known for is being aloof. And people that are that know him say that sometimes he comes across as an asshole because he's a quiet man and supposedly like he just doesn't read situations very well. <laughs> like I've never met the man in real life, but like he doesn't apparently had he's just bad social awareness on the whole. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he's he's talked about this himself, whereas like he has what he calls like crippling shyness. And he's a very aloof person because he just doesn't like all of that attention. He doesn't like the eyes on him like that. So he, you know, he retreats back into his shell. So he's not, he's not being an asshole for the sake of being an asshole. It's just, you know, his personality is more aloof than people's. And, you know, that's how the world takes introverts is, oh, they're just an asshole. He's not talking to me, you know. And the, the opening scene for this amazing man is him on the airplane set filming the pilot scene with the kid. Right. And he right. pulls the kid in and is like, you you know, I've been hearing that shit since UCLA. Da, 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 da. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then after, they, the, after that, the kid comes up and is like, hey, Mr. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, you know, you are my favorite player. Could I have an autograph? And Kareem just goes, fuck off, kid. And it's just <laughs> like, What? <laughs> And it's just like I, that was honestly instantly the point in the show. I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna like this that much because I love Kareem Abdul Jabbar so much. I'm like, if they're just gonna, because I was worried about that in this show of like, how are they gonna portray Kareem? Is it gonna be this mysterious man that he actually is in real life that could be an interesting story and talk about 
you know, him growing up through the 50s and having to play basketball in the 60s, and the 70s, and, you know, him boycotting the Olympics because the coach was a racist and, you know, different shit like that. Nope, they just went him being an asshole. Amazing. It's yep. just like, but he's such an interesting person. He didn't have to do that. There was, there was one episode very specifically on him. It was like, you know, it was the Kareem episode. Yeah, yeah. And that was decently well done. They got into some of that stuff, and it was nice to see that element of it. And then they just dropped it completely after that. It's like, oh, because at that point, Kareem was losing his love of basketball. He wasn't, you know, he, I think, I don't know if he's ever said it. I'd have to find out. You know, I, in the show, at least, they have him, like, ready to retire, basically. And then Magic comes along, and he starts bringing the energy back to the team, and Kareem starts getting back into it. And that that's all well documented. Like, yeah, Magic brought some love back in the sport for him. Um, but it's just like, come on. <laughs> he actually, I think I said this before, I subscribed to, he has this, like, kind of blog thing that he posts on and I get you know weekly things from Kareem sometimes it's just him talking about a movie that he saw and he really liked and then he talked about winning time because he said originally he wasn't going to watch it and then a bunch of people told him that he needed to and he was really upset with that intro of him in the in the show it's like no I did not tell a kid to fuck off he's <laughs> like, like and that hurts my image which then hurts my charity for helping underprivileged black kids like if people think i'm abusive to children yeah not great um you know and then he he did talk about it's like yeah at the end of the day this doesn't mean anything to me i've you know i've fought civil rights i've fought cancer and this and this and this being being portrayed as something i'm not in a tv show doesn't bother me that much but I know Magic said he won't watch it, and (laughs) Jerry West is suing HBO for how bad they've made him look in the show. (laughs) I I was gonna say there that um it's I feel like it's super super fucking hard to nail like a single person right like uh John Cash um is the other one Ray Charles and I feel like when those do decently right or good and like even the the family or the friends are kind of like on board or or like the portrayal or whatever like i think those are very hard to do and you're still like taking all the other people around them and turning them into characters and then you know you go you see the johnny cash or you see the ray charles or, or whatever biopic and you're like yeah these people around him are probably caricature you just figure right you just figure like yeah maybe he had a bad relationship with this person that person but you know, we're not, we're seeing his perspective. We're seeing this one character's like through their lens. I feel like you can, you can approach a little bit of the uh, uh, unreliable narrator, yada, yada, yada. When you're trying to do like a, a big team organization like this and you have to do so many people and you're not working with all of those people. <laughs> yeah. I feel like you're going to fuck up more often than not. Like, I, so who, I, I'm not, I'm not familiar with this. Who, Who's the, the, the brain behind it? Is it just like some sports writer and then it got picked up to be a script? Or like, is there one player or manager that this is like their bio or something? Or no. It- so I believe most of it's based off of a book that was about the dynasty. Showtime, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
So I know they based a lot of the stuff off that. I've never read the book. I have no idea. Uh, and then Adam McKay, I believe that's his name, yeah. wrote it, directed it. You know, he's, he, he's been the brainchild behind all of it. That's the before he did serious movies. And I'm sure he does some unserious stuff. He's the, the mind behind Anchorman, Step Brothers. Um, fuck, what else? Uh, I mean, all, all that, those Will Ferrell movies. All those Will Ferrell movies. And then he did. I'm pretty uh, sure they don't like each other anymore. <laughs> he takes himself very seriously now, I imagine, because after that, his his comedy stint of yeah, both Anchorman's. Um, I had it pulled up here. Let me see. Uh, people always forget about his filmography. Yeah, Talladega Nights, Step Brothers, the other guys. Pretty um, much any good Will Ferrell movie he directed. Yeah. Then the Big Short in 2015, and after the Big Short, it was Vice. And then don't look up as far as movies go. And he's never been able to recreate the big short. I feel like he's just trying to do it again. He, since 2015, apparently he's a director. He's directed an episode of Succession. And then there's Winning Time. So it's just like, it looks like his career is taking a very serious turn, for better or worse. Yeah. But I, a, I never, I never watched Vice. But from what I understand, a lot of the reviews were like he character caricatured everybody to yeah. the point that it was boring. And I've just heard mixed things about Don't Look Up. I hear just Don't Look Up's very full of itself. Yeah. Regardless of whether or not it's right, it's uh, just. Yeah, and I think. I think that's also like again talking about what Kareem's response to it was. He was just he said he was bored watching it. Yeah, and honestly, it kind of feels that way because when your characters are so one, maybe two dimensional, that you just kind of know what's happening all of the time. Yeah, like, nothing's special. Nothing's like this or that. Um, when you yeah, do- it's <laughs> just it just makes the storytelling less interesting. Yeah. By by just making like they they just had the game the one I just watched was the game against the Celtics, and they took some liberties with the way that the season was playing out in that game. Like the winner, the person that hits the game winner in that Celtics game was not the person that the game winner in real life. Um, they didn't go on a huge losing skid and then play the Celtics and win that one, and that turned everything around. Like just there's so many liberties of history, and to me for a biopic like. Yeah, you know, they put the disclaimer up. That's the big thing on Reddit right now. It's like, well, they put a disclaimer up saying that a lot of this is dramatized, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, but you're telling a story about something that actually happened. These people exist. They're still alive. Yeah. Like, I, I get you have to you have to dramatize some stuff to make in- television more interesting. I understand that. But it's like, you don't have to keep rewriting the history to make this story interesting. It's already interesting. Find out what's there and use that. Well, I, Make your characters better. I think good dramatization is like, hey, this happened over the course of three months and like eight phone calls. Maybe we can just turn this into like two phone calls or one phone call. And- yeah, w- one big fight scene, you know? Yeah. like, <clears throat> And imply the rest, you know? Like, I think that's good dramatization. It sounds like they're doing some, like, liberties with the reality. Uh, yeah. More like, you know, changing the pressures and, like, what the actual drama was around. Yeah. That, 
That's what's bothering me. It's just like, it, it could be so much better. I want it to be so much better. There is an actual real documentary coming out this summer, I believe, that I will definitely be watching. That was actually made by the people right. that lived it. <laughs> That's the old um, book releasing right up against Jungle Book situation. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> God. All right. But you know that's my that's my thing on biopics. This this show really got me because I've never watched a biopic or something similar to it of a subject that I actually know something about. Again, right. not an expert by any means, but it was just it's the first time it really got me to think about. It. It's like man, any any biopic I've ever watched, it's just fake. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, when are we going to get our uh, uh, Daft Punk biopic? <laughs> <laughs> they would never agree to that. <laughs> with, uh, with, uh, Timothy Chalamet, and then, I don't know, somebody else. Ooh, Chalamet would be good. <laughs> like a, a pretty European. Like I I know that there aren't a lot of pictures of, uh, of the duo, but like <laughs> they just look like very like uh, good-looking French like gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, so Doctor Strange, first of all, what did you, oh, wait, wait, so tentatively, what is your, your zero one two rating of Winning Time? Winning Time? So far, having not finished the show. Just- no, I have not finished it. I'd say if you're interested in it, you're interested in that era of basketball, because in my opinion, it was the best era of basketball, the most interesting. Um, probably a one out of two. Yeah. yeah if no you're... Problem. If you're a bear and you really fucking hate Boston, it's probably a two out of two. Because <laughs> again, they Boston is the villain. The villain. Like they just they turned that basketball team and Larry Bird and the owner into just being villains. And it's like, you know, and I know I should wrap this up. But it's like Larry Bird was finally in an episode, and he just comes off as again this just prick of a human being. And now he was very short <laughs> with the media. He hated that side of the game. He hated doing all the media shit. He didn't like any of that. He didn't like right. playing the outside game outside of the game, you know? The meta. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, it is just a little bit disingenuous to who he was as well. He didn't, you know, at that point, he wasn't good friend. He wasn't friendly with Magic Johnson because he was always so focused on winning basketball games that he had no time for anything else. Right. So you should play that up. It's like, hey, man, you know, they should have. They should have played it like that if he has no interest in being friends with Magic Johnson because his only thought is to beat Magic Johnson. Yeah. And then get into the on-court drama of that happening versus making the off-the-court drama happen. It doesn't need to happen there. It should happen on the court. Turn the basketball into the basketball, which is the fun. We're watching a fucking basketball documentary. Show some goddamn basketball. Uh, does it does it separate from that classic thing of like we're doing a documentary about a sport or a musician and then we don't show – Hardly any sport or music. <laughs> yes, pretty much. Classic. Um, no, so so moving on, Doctor Strange. First, what was your opinion of Doctor Strange one? On the not good. I did not like that movie. I think it's a one out of two. I think almost. A, I think every Marvel movie is a one out of two. I don't regret. I think the shows maybe push it a little bit lower. Uh, I don't count those as movies, but I think all the movies are like it's the Disney machine, like. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like my least favorite Marvel movie, probably what Iron Man two, Black Panther, Thor two, Thor two, which gets more hate than it deserves. Uh, honestly, the the worst is has got to be is it the Immortals? I never. Eternals, I, the Eternals, the Eternals, Eternals, Eternals. Yeah, it is. It is 
I, it might be a zero out of two. I don't, I don't know. I like it. It's really, it's rough. Um, I think I might put it at a zero, honestly. It might be the, the only zero. Uh, everything else has some redeeming qualities. And I'm like, I don't know. I've never regretted most of them. You know, you know, a movie's bad when the Reddit MCU subreddit is like every other post is defending the Immortals or the Eternals. The Eternals. I, like, I thought, you know it's bad when when that's happening. I think I haven't seen any movie of uh, maybe some shows get so much hate than the Eternals. Like, well, that's because there was black people on it. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! People love Black Panther because <laughs> they had to. Yeah, <laughs> I will forever maintain Black Panther goes down as a bad movie, other than the fact that. It was the first real outside of like you know people people forget that Blade Two exists, but like it's the first big mainstream, almost entirely black cast. Well, and like, then so it's historic in that aspect. I get yeah. that. I get the cultural aspect of it. Does it mean the movie's good? It's definitely weak. It, it, it's it's, and I think I think if it had come out in Phase One, I yeah. look better on it. So what's what's crazy to me is it came out in what phase two or three? It came out in three, didn't it? Three. Okay, it was so so very clear to me that they had spent not their money on the CGI. Like at least oh, the- it was bad. I remember it being pretty rough, and I was like, "Wow, you're really really setting this up to fail, Biz." <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I, I totally you're right. I totally forgot about that. Like it was jarringly bad there were a lot of a lot of the opening scenes and stuff they did the classic do it at night so we can look worse and like yep. it, the uh the, the fight of the two black panthers at the end i remember what like the, i think there's like some flip thing happening yeah and i just remember being like jesus michael b jordan's yellow suit just looks like a cartoon yeah i don't i don't know if i i went back and i, I think I, I did a whole rewatch and i it's it, there's that like yeah there's a lot of like outside you know the meta of movies being made that it's very historic and important and it's it's great michael b jordan was the first like other than loki air quotes loki being a villain like first good mcu villain and like phenomenal villain i was pissed when they killed him really carried that movie for me i'm convinced uh, they they i think if they were creative enough and and willing they could bring him back especially with uh chad's death Honestly, what I think I think the only thing you can do, I mean, now with the multiverse, you can literally do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, which I, I'm I'm already a little worried about that, but I think I don't think it's disingenuous to Chadwick Boseman just cast Michael B. Jordan as T'Challa, like just yeah. recast the fucking character. I don't I don't care. So many people get upset about it. It's like, oh, but it's, you know, that's just, it's mean to, it's bad to him. I was like, no, it's not. The man, I'm sorry before. the man died. That sucks. Yeah, they've done it before. The reason they wouldn't is uh, uh, confusion, but I was. I mean, they did it. I mean, granted, it was so early that not as ingrained, but they did it with uh, Don Cheadle. Yeah. I, I, I think I was talking to Boston Market about this and, you know, we, he gets stabbed. He gives his great line about not wanting to be healed or whatever. But like, like I, when I was doing the rewatch, I do remember distinctly T'Challa saying, We're, I'm going to take you back. We're going to heal you up. And he's like, no, fuck off. Right. Yeah. Um, and their whole arcs are, you know, 
he rubs off on T'Challa and T'Challa backs off of the isolationist uh, ideas for Wakanda and Wakanda should be a bigger part of the world and the black community. And I think if you had a very good writer and Michael B. Jordan's a good actor, you could in a Black Panther 2 have him take over the mantle and him like have him have learned from T'Challa, like in the same way he rubbed up on T'Challa, T'Challa rubs up on him. Yeah, that would be a good way to do it. Bring in your big bad, whatever. The big bad knows that they had healed him and have him like cry out like they did with the Winter Soldier or whatever until, you know, they felt, who knows, whatever the shit. You have the big bad come break him out, try to make him evil or whatever. Just have his progression be that to become the Black Panther. That's a fine movie right there. And I think a, a good, you know, Coolidge or whatever could definitely write that. Because Michael B. Jordan, I feel like we, we got so little of him and he was so great. <laughs> he stole every scene he was in. Yeah. yeah. All but, right. So, Marvel, we wrote your next movie. Send the check. Check. Uh, Doctor Strange 1. I. I. It's the softest of ones for me. Yeah. Visually, visually, it was the most distinct at the time. Yeah. They did some, some wild shit. I, I think we should... And was actually shaping to be a good movie until the end, honestly. <laughs> oh, I like the Dormammu solution. That was what, that was a first for Marvel as well. Yeah, um, my point is they completely wa- wasted uh, Mickelson or whatever. Yeah, or, yeah. And, what, what, Mad Smith, yeah, right? Mickelson. I don't... I can never pronounce his name. But you're right, right. They, they, they kind of blew it with him. He's a phenomenal actor. Um, and the... I, I like everything they did like plot point wise like if i'm just looking at an overhead of the points and like the high points and stuff i'm like yeah this is all great this all makes sense but then sitting down to actually watch it it like really drags <laughs> and um i think it was the first movie strange one was the first movie that we all collectively like said okay it's very apparent like that somebody sat in a room timed out how long it had been since the last joke and said, we got to have another joke. Yeah. And it was just like the comedy felt very forced. And I don't think a Marvel movie has been as bad about the comedy censor as a parent, maybe the Eternals. I'm not going to rewatch that movie. Um, it's a zero. It's a zero out of two, but so strange has its issues. It's kind of like after Thor two, I want to say it was their first like stumble right yeah even though it's police officer's favorite movie <laughs> uh which tells you what you need to know right there. <laughs> so yeah he's a controversial taste of movies but he didn't like strange two so strange one for me is a one two you said it's one two strange two i was optimistic i had zero hopes going into it and it pretty much lived up to my expectations yeah i i was optimistic in so much as like I feel like with Doctor Strange, they they feel kind of... They bring in the reins, unfortunately. But I do feel like that's a place where they can visually at least do some weird shit. Right? And they, they let Sam Raimi go. Oh, yeah. I really appreciate I that. very much appreciate it. So I was saying to... I was talking about the movie last night with some friends who hadn't seen it. And I was like, you know, if you like Sam Raimi, you're into the MCU, go see it. It's worth seeing. There's some cool moments. And Sam Raimi directed the hell out of that movie. Like, it's gorgeous to watch. The moments are epic. The scene where uh, they're getting chased by Wanda through the hallway. Like, yeah. that's creepy as hell, man. Yeah. 
so so that's what bothered me about Strange One and Two. Again, the meta of movies being made. They hire this horror director. Um, I think he's. Oh, the- to be fair, campy horror director. Campy, right, right, right. But I mean, like, let me see. It's what's the guy's name? Scott something or other. Oh, you're talking about Doc Doc Strange One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no, he was a straight up horror movie director. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and like, they clearly that was. I think it's so apparent. Doctor Strange one and Ant Man one, where they hired an initial director to make a movie. Got Derrickson. Yeah, and then they told that director they can't make the movie they want to make. Right. So he, uh, he's got a Hellraiser director credit. Uh, Exorcism of Emily Rose, Day the Earth Stood Still, not a great movie. Uh, Sinister, which is I think when they hired him was during Sinister. Deliver Us from Evil is shaky. Sinister 2, um, and then he's got, like, Doctor Strange. So, Doctor Str- the meta behind this was Doctor Strange 1, you know, they bring him on, he's a horror director. I think he gets to write the script, even, um, and or at least do passes on it. The, let me see, let me just confirm that. I don't want to talk out of my ass completely. Yeah, he's the writer on Doctor Strange 1. I'm sure there's a million writers, Hollywood movie. Um, but he, so he puts together, you know, a horror movie and obviously he's got to loop in the mcu shit and you know he's got to reference these character whatever and i know that that's why edgar wright left is they kept forcing more stuff into the movie and he just quit (laughs) but uh so scott scott complies i think verbally there was a promise between him and marvel like hey just just play the game this time you're gonna have doctor strange too you're going to be the director, you're going to be the writer, and you can go real horror with it, right? I want to say it was probably, it might have even been like a full year before COVID, or maybe it was 2019, mid-2019, he leaves the project. And he's, I don't know if I remember how subtle he was, but it was pretty clear, it was creative differences. Disney wouldn't let him make his horror movie, right? Yeah. Which sucks. I really wanted to, you know, see what happened i don't think he's credited as a writer on strange 2 but strange 2 is much more of a horror movie than strange 1 but see it's a horror movie that marvel can get behind because it's sam raimi horror horror movie yeah i don't think i i let me let me look this up i don't think raimi wrote strange 2 i think he just came in and i thought raimi did everything on this one. so i so i'm Scott had written the first pass, I'm pretty sure, written by Michael Wal- Waldron. Ah, okay. Uh, known for his work on Rick and Morty and Heels. I don't know what Heels is. Um, assistant writer on Community, Rick and Morty. He wrote The Old Man in the Seat, uh, Loki, and Dr. Strange. This guy doesn't have a lot behind his name. Um, but I'm, my understanding is that Scott had already written a movie. I don't know what they used, what they didn't. Yeah. Director and co-writer plans for a sequel in October, 2016. He signed a return as director. Cumberbatch signed on. Announced in 2019. Mm. Okay. Fast forward. He, he leaves for creative differences. I don't know what they kept, what they didn't keep. But I was happy to see, like, how much horror movie we got. Because, um, you know, 
it's Sam Raimi. It's I think there were some people expecting it to be Spider Man Sam Raimi, and it was Evil Dead Sam Raimi, like through and through. Yeah, like all the I. I think Cosmonaut Quickie made a comment about like it's good to have a Marvel movie where the camera actually moves. Um, <laughs> uh, it's a lot of it's a lot of rainy. I, I, I Dutch angle zooms and like you know scores. Uh, everything's a callback to Evil Dead for the most part. In that, yeah, there's a lot of Evil Dead too in there. Uh, for me, it's 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 a one out of two. I think I like it more than Strange One, and it does. It's definitely better than Strange One. It it does it does it it holds my interest. I'll say it doesn't like. I don't think there's anything I'm super looking forward to. I the most exciting stuff with Doctor Strange is when they use him as a side character. Unfortunately, it's it's always been that he's just not that interesting a character. I, it's like okay, we get it. He's a Patrensis prick. Like, <laughs> okay, let's go through the movie really quick. So, so all right, so spoilers as we go. Um, yeah. All right. So, well, can I? I'm gonna just give my initial review yeah. of one out of two. I really wanted to like it because there's a lot of stuff in it that I love. Yeah. But and Who's I said this in the I said this in the Discord. You know, in a great movie, the sum is greater than the parts. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas I feel like in Multiverse of Madness, the sum is less than the parts. Yeah. No, for sure. So, uh, we, we open, oh wait, what's your, you said one out of two, right? One out of two. Also, before we get into this, did you think, so one of my athletes was asking me about this yesterday. She hadn't seen it yet. She's like, she said that apparently the internet and some people are complaining about, uh, I can't pronounce her name, but the girl that played America. Yeah. Apparently they're saying like she was really bad. I thought she was fine. She's fine. I mean, like. I don't think she was special, but. I think. I think I said this uh, last episode. When when an actor is so clearly head yes. and above the person they're acting with, it makes the other person look bad. Yeah. She's now, not Benedict Cumberbatch, and she's not Elizabeth Olsen. Yeah. So, well, they also they did some weird shit with Elizabeth Ol- Olsen. We'll we'll get into, but um, um, I also think people are just angry that there was a Latino woman. The first, the first Latina. So, Latina woman named America. Yeah. With two moms. Yeah. I, with two moms that are easily editable out for the international market. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I think they didn't do it, though. I think there, uh, there's a lot of – I think Saudi Arabia is banning the movie. Listen, that, that, that uh, gay pride pin on her jacket's real easy to cover up with CGI. It was, <laughs> quick, it was so small. I was like, is that a – is that a gay pride pin? I just thought it was a rainbow. I didn't even notice, honestly. I, yeah, exactly, because it's so fucking small. But that's, <laughs> it's a, it's like a, it's a contemporary pride because uh, it's got like the pride flag and the trans flag and, and some other details in it. But um, yeah, so we open on uh, something where we've never seen. It's assumed we're somewhere in the multiverse. It's a Doctor Strange with different colored magic, blue a, a variant. Yeah, and. Um, He's got a ponytail, and he's running with America. Uh, I think this strange speaks Spanish, and uh, like I we I think they were calling him Defender Strange in one review. I don't know. Let's just say he's not strange. Variant Strange One. Yeah. Uh, Variant Strange One. 
gets killed by an unknown monster. Fine sequence. Nothing sticks out as bad there. It, it's, you know, setting up the movie. Yeah, and then, then we go to the wedding. Yes, then we go to the wedding, which I I appreciate the the kind of, like, guilt they're, they're hanging over Doctor Strange throughout the whole movie. I thought that was actually pretty fun. Yeah. But from a... a yeah, no, I, we're, we're, gonna, we're, we're probably going to talk about this multiple times. This yeah. movie is only two hours. Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot. And I, I, I said it in the Discord as well. It's just like, there's so many good moments, but you never get to breathe in them. Yeah, I feel like this would have benefited from... All the themes are just rushed. Like yeah. the theme of, is he happy? How would he ever be happy? Like that could have been a theme in and of itself, but instead it's always just kind of a couple throwaway lines and they talk about a throwaway line. Someone says it out loud. Um, yeah. It's always said, you're right. Yeah. I, I did, I did really appreciate the, like, you know, was that really the way it had to go down? Right. Like that they, yep. did you really make the right call? Did they bring back that other doctor who was his like, not nemesis, but like shit heel, and uh, you know he makes a comment about losing two cats and a brother while he was blipped. And I think again, I they've danced around it, and it's just it's really bugging me. I think we really only get it, it in the Spider-Man stories, but like I really want him to lean more into this, like the the super fucked up things that are going to happen when you know half the population disappears and then reappears like yeah well, feel- they really really talked about it in um okay we, we we've gotten one really f- falcon well, yeah right. falcon it was like a they talked about it a little bit more that was the whole motivation of the terrorists um in uh wandavision we get that really good scene where she gets is like at the hospital with her mother gets blipped out and back into the hospital and everybody's freaking out. Yep. Um, and then in, I think Hawkeye, we do get a blip of, um, the assassin Florence Pugh. Um, yeah, but like, I, we need a disaster movie set at like when the people blip back in, like that's what, <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Superheroes in it. Like it's, I, I know they would never do this, but just like, or like maybe a three episode of a show arc in that. Like, I just really want them to explore how terrifying and terrible that is. Like, <laughs> they, they really, they, they hint at it, right? They're not really getting into it. But um, yeah, so so I, I like that. The wedding stuff was fine. Uh, it's clearly uh, the, the monster there he fights while uh, trying to get to America is... Um, like we get some callbacks to like Doc Ock chasing Spider-Man and Spider-Man <laughs> up that building. Um, I, I think I made a Doc Ock comment in the theater to, to Boston Market and he like giggled. It's like it, it's really apparent like the things Raimi's referencing and um, uh, it's uh, again fine there. Nothing nothing really sticks out but um, he like we, we get introduced to America. She's got they don't really i don't know when they, they just lay it all out right like yeah they explain everything and then the next scene you find out that it's wanda yeah yeah so it's maybe been not even 30 minutes it's got to be like 20 minutes into the movie probably we've who what what could possibly be this evil force chasing this girl through the multiverse also like we're, we know the multiverse exists but like 
proof of dreams being that it was weird to me that strange was like a little aloof about the multiverse when his last appearance was in a spider-man movie trying to put the multiverse back together right like yeah um, i guess he didn't visit the other dimensions uh but still that, that was a little odd but yeah you're right like we we go from uh multiverse scene to let's just say the bigger wedding scene in like fight against the the sea creature or whatever and then straight to wanda and you know i didn't i had assumed wanda was going to be the villain when they announced her like being in the movie years ago um i didn't think they would just i i the way they had set it up i thought like oh maybe she's going to be like slowly drawn to evil or blah 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 blah. Yeah, that that's what bothered me a little bit it was just like last time we saw her she was devastated from the kids you know losing the kids in vision again you you have to have seen this is the first one you have to have seen a show to really get like, yeah the full breadth of what's going on with this character yeah. this is one for sure and like you just you didn't get that from wandavision of like the books corrupting her like there's no reason to know that yeah, uh, there's also, I saw a comment that was like, this is completely antithetical to what the writers of WandaVision. <laughs> yeah, it actually is. I didn't think, even think about that. that yeah. uh, but, but like, like even what they come out, came out and said in interviews and stuff over the year and um, uh, like what, what they thought for the character and what the character was feeling and experiencing when they wrote it and blah, blah, blah. Uh, and where that character's arc left off. So uh, she just reveals like, yeah, I'm evil. I'm doing it. Um, I'm going to choose full on evil. Yeah, I, it's not like oh, I want to take this girl and maybe like try to work with her powers and blah 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 blah. It's like, there, no. There's no inner struggle. There's no yeah. Like it should there should I feel like there should have been a little bit of corrupted Wanda versus good Wanda, and you know she's struggling with that. And obviously, you know have have bad Wanda win. That's fine. Or have let's, the, let's have a little bit of character depth there. Well, that's the thing is like we knew we were. You knew you were going to call back to the show. You knew we were going to heavily lean on people's knowledge of the show. Have the show end with her just being a fucking villain, like, like full on. <laughs> I or, know, or, at least, or at least, you know, being corrupted by the book. Yeah. You, or, or, you, you never get that. You never find out that the book is bad, like, corrupts people. That bad, right? Like That badly. Like, yeah. oh, okay, that's why Agatha was so shitty. That. They never explained that. We just thought Agatha was a bitch. It was, it was Agatha all along. Um, well, is, <laughs> Agatha's getting a show. Um, I think so, yeah. I'm fine with that. I like Catherine Hahn. Yeah. I'm excited. I Who the fuck knows what they're going to do with that? Maybe we'll get Mephisto. Uh, <laughs> Everything's Mephisto. Uh, it's all it's Mephisto all the way down. So we, we felt it, like I skipped a whole movie at this point. We're maybe 20 minutes in. And it's like, she's announced that she's the villain and she's going to attack Carmitage unless they turn over the girl. Um, stuff that happens there, not important, really. Like, there's some back and forth with Wong and, you know, what are they going to do? Blah, blah, blah. Negotiations fall through, she attacks. Um, she, like, I like all the horror shit they snuck into this attack. Like, her coming out of the mirror dimension like a fucking, you know... Sam Raimi zombie and like her just snatching people through reflections. All great. Her whispering um, to that one dude and he runs her vaporizing people on the ground. Like, oh, yeah, 
brutal. Like, I appreciated the brutality in this movie of, like, showing off. Like, there's no mincing. Like, she, she, she's basically Superman. You know, it's like, this is, here's an unkillable thing. Other than, I, I, this has to be the most brutal since, like, Endgame. If yeah. Not, it's definitely more in that, like, the characters we see die are, uh, like, pretty graphic and human. Um, as like opposed to Endgame, they're like splitting weird crocodile aliens in half, and like okay, uh, Endgame. I do remember Endgame being like even that, it, like Endgame and uh, uh, Infinity War being like. I'm trying to think the, the most brutal death behind some of these is what Loki getting choked to death. Yeah, that was actually like very violent for the MCU. Yeah. Uh, Cap. Cap breaking a guy's spine, kicking him over the side of the <laughs> ship in Winter Soldier. <laughs> I yeah, I'd say it's probably like Loki getting choked would be the the, the thing before this. But so she attacks, she obviously wins. Um, but they America gets scared, and her power only activates when she gets scared. She launches her in Strange to. Eight, that was a cool little scene. Eight four eight. Oh, we're, we're going through everything. Yeah, they into the, into the go to like the cartoon dimension, the paint dimension. Like it was clever. It feels like a callback to uh, when we see Strange One when he gets uh, pushed through the, like his spirit gets separated and thrown through the the multi. Yeah. Right. And then and then we run into Bruce run into Bruce Campbell. Pizza Papa always gets paid. Um, <laughs> I, we were talking about political stuff yesterday, and I was like. I I, th- I might have left out like a really deep fucking sigh when she was like, "Yeah, everything in most universes is free." I was like, "Oh, here we go!" Like, <laughs> <laughs> and then and then they immediately undercut that with Bruce's pizza papa. Like, pizza papa always gets paid for my money. Did um, you also say time to deliver a pizza ball <laughs> <laughs> while watching that movie? I. Uh, I did think about that. I did love that they were pizza balls. Like <laughs> this universe, the pizza's balls. That's why it's not a utopia. Um, <laughs> so yeah, like. And then they go find. Uh, yeah. The Illuminati. Uh, M- more, Mordo. I can never remember the dude's name. Evil Doctor Strange. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but he's good in this universe, and like the myth is that Doctor Strange is the greatest hero in this universe. Which again, like, leans on that, you know, guilt theme. Um, I, so what bothered me with the speed of this movie is, I thought we were gonna do like a lot of multiverse hopping, really not settle into a universe, or when we were in this uh, eight four eight hundred whatever series of of universe, I thought we were just gonna be okay. We're really gonna like spend our time here, solve everything here. But not really. It was like the middle third of the movie. Yeah. It was like we had one one other universe, really. Like, it's I, I understand, like, you know, limitations and all that. But I thought Multiverse of Madness, they were just going to start throwing him into a lot of weird situations, a lot. What I assumed was going to happen is they were going to hop enough dimensions that they were going to run into actual Illuminati, which control the multiverse. Yeah. Right, and so it, that really wasn't what happened. It was just like, okay, this is instead of the Avengers, it's the Illuminati. Yeah, I thought we were gonna get like a King hit or something early. I know, I'm, so, I'm fucking pissed. There's no King. Boston Market did point out like this feels like it doesn't lead to anything. It doesn't lead anywhere. Like, I, so we're kind of worried about like the tentpole this go around. Like, what what are they gonna do? <laughs> I did say that the way the the nature of King, you can use King as the villain in all three 
you know, tentpole movies if you do them in series of three. And they're just different versions of Kang. And Jonathan Majors is good enough that he could portray three different versions. Yeah, um, no problem. And Kang, Kang's is such an easy villain to write because you can... Yeah, write whatever you want, man. Yeah. Just... Uh, but so so we get we get this like you know he's Doctor Strange is the most dangerous in this universe he's a dark hole became evil but then they use the book of you know good and you know killed Thanos no problem but then they had to kill Doctor Strange because he destroyed another universe uh, with this dream walking incursion stuff which maybe hints at a Loki TV show thing about when universes collide. Um, but we don't really learn the details of that, so we just know that that strange is dead, and they lied about how he died. And then we get a very fun, brutal mon—not montage—series of events of Wanda just being a horror villain, killing everybody in the Illuminati, and in really upsetting ways. <laughs> yeah, uh, like uh, was black was it Black Bolt or whatever his name is? Yeah, takes away his mouth, he panics and explodes his own head. Um. He, uh, Captain Britain, no, not Captain Britain, Captain Carter. Captain Carter. Captain Britain's a different character, actually. Yeah, different character. <laughs> Captain Carter gets split in half with her own shield. Um, right after saying I can do this all day. <laughs> great stuff. Um, did you notice that when Reed Richards uh, gets peeled apart and then his head pops, there's a balloon noise? Yeah. Yeah. Boston Market didn't notice. I was like, I swear to God, it popped like a balloon. Like, that was the twas the joke um yeah that that one was really brutal and actually i want to talk about that it's like that's a casting that pretty much the internet brought to fruition yeah no they they wanted uh krasinski they've wanted krasinski there since like phase two <laughs> i'm just still curious of like okay was that a one-off or are they actually doing this i put other people smarter than me it's just disney's test marvel's testing like they're, they're gonna see like yeah. how people like it um and- I know internet is really upset about Captain Carter. Yeah, well, I that, mean, I think that was the most upsetting one for me because I Peggy's a great character on the whole. Yeah, and it's her. You know, Captain Carter is an interesting character in of itself. Like that, what if episode's very good. I know she's had her own run in some stuff. Yeah. Like she's a she's a cool character. It's cool to have like a, the female super soldier in that role instead of um um. Oh, God, Captain America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was going to say that I got into a, a little bit of a discussion, not not debate or anything, with uh, Boston Market about your, your Dragon Ball Z guy, power levels. Um, oh, yeah. We are, we're, yeah. I, I wanted to, to, while we're talking about the middle third really quick, um, I had always assumed in the MCU, the highest are the two people that we've seen probably could who could solo thanos and that's captain marvel and wanda yep um and some people theorize oh it's because their powers come directly from stones whatever i i understand that they were just obviously wanda had the most difficulty with captain marvel that universe is captain marvel um i i don't care either way i do think that if anybody survived probably that captain marvel i don't think dropping a statue would really yeah that that was a disappointing death i agree with that i I was just like oh she just dropped a building on her like our captain marvel 1v1 thanos and blew up his fucking ship yeah by flying into it yeah i think no i i I, the thing is i do think wanda 
it's the it's the Superman magic thing, right? I think Wanda having access to magic does like top power level whatever Wanda would win in so much as she could just like you know fucking port her to another dimension or just get her out of the way or do something wild right it was it was unsatisfying it should have have been it should have been a mind thing like get in her brain and get her to kill herself basically or something like that or fly off or just trick her or just like you know throw her like do do what she did to fucking Vision and make her gravity so hard she just goes yeets to the center of the earth and she doesn't have to worry about her. <laughs> That'd be good. Um, and then Pat- oh god, I was so upset to see Patrick Stewart die. Yeah, I it, great. I was I was I knew he was gonna put up more of a fight than the other people, and I'm like, she's still gonna fucking kill him, or at least like make him like go comatose. But she snapped his neck in his own mind, and that was amazing. I. I loved it. So, fast forward, they find the book of good. It doesn't matter. It gets burned. Well, actually, you know what? I want to talk about that scene more. Purely because, you know, we're talking about how fast-paced this movie was. And this is the middle third of the movie. Yeah. And while those deaths were so brutal and fun to watch, like, we were just laughing about it for the last ten minutes here. Just ripped through them so fast. You ripped through them. And you also knew it was going to happen because they were, you know, in typical Reed Richards fashion – he was being a fucking pretentious ass, <laughs> saying, "Oh, we'll handle her, no problem." And you're like, "Okay, well, they're all going to die." Yeah, as soon as, as soon as he said that, uh, or no, he, it might have been their captain. Captain Marvel, Marvel said it. But like, yeah, but they, we're all like, we got this. I was like, no, they don't. They're fucked. But like, <laughs> and so it's like, so, okay, so while those deaths were cool, it was still kind of anticlimactic because all it did was slow Wanda down for a half a second. Like, right. He, you could have done. You could have done more with it. It's just like it could have been its own movie. Like that. That middle third could have been its own movie. The, the yeah. third could have been its own movie. The last third is obviously like we're finishing a movie, but like it's it's uh, it, it it all felt very like like you said rushed and underutilized. I think is better. Like yeah, it, all all of that they could have done so much more with all of that. Um, but you know we got we got some some meme funny like brutal quick kill-offs and they you know they run they get to the book of good i didn't notice this in the theater when uh wanda burns the book of good or whatever ashanti um uh, there's a star there's like the the blue star like that america's powers are on the book as it burns like it, it like lights up and dr strange sees it and apparently that's what sets him up but um Interesting. the uh the chase scene getting to the book was really good yeah the, with, the close-up shots of wanda big, covered big in forward. blood and yeah the only thing that bothered me though is she can fly yeah why was she yeah. limping at that <laughs> yeah she was it was like right like no nah, nah, she's gonna limp <laughs> is she gonna blow open this last door no nah, she's gonna go around it with magic yeah, <laughs> do a jump scare. Um, yeah, so yeah. book of the good, and then they end up in another dimension again. Yeah, well, so they, Reed, they find super evil Doctor Strange. I, I, we've seen eviler and what if. Love the he he wraps around to being good, but um, I was upset we didn't get that what if Doctor Strange. That's what everyone on the internet thought it was going to be. What if Doctor Strange in that dimension? Uh, and in for, it was just like I think it was. I think the best theory 
right now is this is the Doctor Strange whose universe got destroyed by 800 Doctor Strange. Um, and he's just sitting, and that's why he's just like alone going crazy. Um, I So, 4-2 Joe liked the music fight scene. I did not. I liked it. I, 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 I liked it in that it was fucking weird. And you can do weird shit with Doctor Strange, and they did something weird. I okay. I I, I like the weird part of it. They, the entire fight didn't have to be music fight. No, it didn't. I you're, you're not going to shake me on this. I really I, like. I liked it. It was it was dumb. <laughs> it was it was wholly unnecessary and dumb. But like, uh, just if yeah, it at least happened, it was clever. <laughs> if it hadn't have been there it would not have negatively or positively impacted my view of the movie. Um, so, it, it, like, it existing or not existing doesn't change my opinion on the movie. I like the campy weirdness that, like, that's gotta be Raimi, right? Like... <laughs> yeah. No, again, but it is one of those things where it's like, okay, I appreciate it for what it is, but... That's it, fair, that's fair. It detracts for you. Yeah. That's fine. I, I, it's nothing for me. I enjoyed it, but like it, it existing does not make or break the movie for me. Yeah. And then, so e- evil Doctor Strange, another brutal death. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sar- Saruman spiked Saruman, right on the yeah, fence. Saruman. Uh, and his third eye opens. So then we get some, uh, it just like, it, it just feels all very rushed. Like, I know, Wanda, now, we're talking about this movie, and I'm just like, nothing happened. Yeah. The Dark Lord. Goes to the actual evil temple, naming a demon. Um, so proving that the demon is exists in the multiverse or whatever, something with a K. Um, that he has some evil temple, and um, so she goes to that temple with Wong. At that temple, she re gets the spells to Daywalk or Dreamwalk, excuse me. Uh, strange fast forward. Uh, I think it was really clever and very well set up. Uh, jumps into the body of his... Yeah, that that was a good uh, Chekhov's bomb deal. And, of course, they make him look like, you know, as evil dead as possible. And then... Uh, it was very evil dead. <laughs> uh, I like the... The, the demon cape. Yeah, with the demon cape. I really enjoyed that. I, I will never not support, for the most part, 90% of the time, I will support Marvel finding a clever way to a non-fight way to beat a villain right i figured they were going to do that the entire movie and i really appreciated that they did do it yeah i would have hated if okay he is the demon cloak now and he can beat wanda that would have been super disappointing after she walks through all these people i didn't think they were going to overpower her in any way and and it would have been dumb i still i it feels like super rushed how they're like see these kids uh they're terrified of you uh, you're the person, the Wanda you possess forgives you for probably ruining her universe and at, at least her earth. And like, you know, I guess the kids will be okay. And then she blows herself up or crushes herself with stones. Um, yeah, well, she's that was not dumb. dead, but, uh, she destroyed yeah, all it the, was, it, was, it was fast. It was just like, Oh, boom, boom, look boom. at me. I was evil. I guess I should kill myself. <laughs> uh, I think, I think they pulled away so maybe they'll do something else with her but if she if she just dies there that's fine like i there, there was nowhere else they could take the character it just it just felt so again all of it felt anticlimactic to me yeah it was just like you know you should have let that scene breathe a little bit more she should have because it was just okay she's in their universe okay they see she's evil and she's upset with herself now like 
that could have been so much more dramatic. Like, let her have the realization. Let us see her have the yeah, realization. Yeah. I, I'm happy they didn't have, like, a, another villain come in and she loops back around to being good. I think... Yeah, I def- that's what I thought was going to happen. I, I was think- waiting for another big bad the whole time. And then, when she killed everybody, I was like, okay, no, she is the big bad. Yeah. Well, I was expecting it midway, not not at the end. Yeah. At the end, if they had, if they had set it up, if they had, like you know, that demon who is connected to Wanda's powers in the comics even more. He, like, curses her as a child or something. Um, the one who writes the Darkhold. If they had him, like, whis- literally some version of him whispering in her ear through the whole movie, and then at the very end, she's like, you know, this is fucked. Because she did kind of hint, like, I don't want to rule the world, even though I'm destined to rule the, the multiverse. I just want to have, like, my kids, right? If if she was being forced away from that by an unseen thing, and they don't have to have an actor portray it or anything, but if there was just some like, you know, inner a version of her that is clearly not her and is like this demon, like talking to her or at her, and she's fighting with that at the end, like I think that would have been better than uh I I'm just good now and pull the building down on myself, you know? Yeah. But that's like a, a slightly different movie. Anyway, it was rushed. Um, Doctor Strange. Yeah, I think it's dumb. She destroyed all the dark holds. I get it, but still, um, Doctor Strange is cursed. He has a, a third eye now, and the stinger is that Dormammu's niece or daughter or whatever Doctor Strange's romance or uh, interest pops up and says, "You caused an incursion. We got to go fix it." Right. Um, yeah, and some character that nobody cares about. Yeah, like it. It's rare that I have to look up a character in a yeah. Marvel movie. Yeah, like I, I don't know every single character. Like I knew of America Chavez. Like I knew she was a character yeah. prior to this movie. So when she showed up, I wasn't surprised to see this character. I didn't. I didn't know they were bringing America Chavez in. I didn't know that was going to be a thing. But like she shows up, I'm like, oh, okay, I know America Chavez. I know that character. I I'm. I think they're setting up just like a young Avengers team, and I think they need yeah, to be they at least one or two of their tent poles around that. Yeah, but uh, yeah, when when uh, when um uh, Furiosa shows up, I <laughs> no idea who that character was. Yeah, she's related to Dormammu in some way. I yeah, I don't I know because I, I I looked her up afterwards, and it was like, or like I. I was looking up uh, whether I need to stay for the whole credits yeah. thing and see if there were any It's over. <laughs> that was great. Um, but it was like, even in the article, it's like, and this woman shows up, not really a fan favorite of anything. <laughs> it's like, yeah, well, I've never heard of her. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see where it all goes. But my, my... Yeah, Bruce Campbell ending the movie. That was fantastic. One out of two. Um, liked it more than Strange 1. It's, it's holding my attention. It doesn't. Whereas the Eternals, like, I was like, uh, I don't know where this is going. This kind of reeled me back. Like, okay, like, they mostly know what they're doing. The Eternals just got away from them. We'll, we'll see. I, the next one's Thor, right? Like, that's going to... Yeah, like, next month. That's going to be... Um, I Let me knock on wood. I'm probably going to very much enjoy that movie. It's Taika Waititi, like... <laughs> uh, July 8th, so two months. Uh, but no, I, I, any final thoughts? Uh, jacked Natalie Portman really gets me going. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I've said my piece at this point. I just, 
It's a movie I really wanted to like because I like Sam Raimi on the whole, and I'm just a little. I was just disappointed, honestly. Yeah, that's fair. I, like I said, I, I, my expectations were low given that the horror director walking away. So I was like, you know, I as long as I get some good Sam Raimi and. my expectations were low because I don't think Doctor Strange is an interesting character, and the trailers looked like a cluster mess. Yeah. And guess what? The movie was a clustered mess. <laughs> it was. It was. It was pretty messy. We got some good Raimi though. So. Yeah, we did get some good Raimi at least. Okay. Was, there are cool scenes. There are cool scenes in it. I'll give it that. Yeah. The sum is not greater than its parts, but it has some pretty great parts. It does have some great parts. Yeah. Um. Uh. I got. I got nothing else to say on the movie, bud. Uh. Closing thoughts on the podcast. Anything? Yeah. I mean, talking about things where, you know, the sum needs to be, and needs to be greater than the parts. It reminds me of that that board game Stratego. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Is it related to Doctor Strange? Not. Not really. But you know, we're just kind of talking about. You know, you need to create something. Of, you know, it's a bunch of little pieces and you need to organize them in a certain way to get the most out of your pieces. You know, and that that's what this movie didn't do. They are a bunch of little pieces and it, you know, the, their, their flag got taken. Like a, like a Dr. Stratego. <laughs> Dr. Stratego. <laughs> all right. That's all I got. <laughs> Have a good one, man. <laughs> Thanks. All right.